Bless the Lord who forgives all our sins. His mercy endures forever. Hear the commandment of God to his people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of bondage. You shall have no other gods but me. Jesus said, the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Kneeling, let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of 
Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Lord be with you. And also Let us pray. Almighty God, whose blessed Son was led by the Spirit to be tempted of Satan, make speed to help thy servants who are assaulted by manifold temptations. And as thou knowest their several infirmities, let each one find thee mighty to save. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. A reading from Genesis. After the waters of the flood had subsided, God said to Noah and to his two sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I never again... I establish my covenant with you, and that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. And never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is a sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you. For all future generations, I set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth, and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. 
and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will look upon it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. The word of the Lord. Christ also died for sins once for all, the righteousness for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly did not obey, and God's patience waited in the days of Noah, during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were saved through water. Baptism, which corresponded to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a clear conscience, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. The word of the Lord.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. In the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, Thou art my beloved Son, with thee I am well pleased. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, you, Lord Lord Christ. Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The theme of this year's Lenten programming, or the program for the church, is Acts of Mercy. So throughout the season of Lent, if you come to Wednesday Eucharist or Wednesday night Evensong... Sunday morning, the sermon, will revolve around this idea of acts of mercy. But before we can sort of talk about acts of mercy, I figured it would probably be helpful to define exactly what mercy is so we're all on the same page. So this morning, I'm going to spend some time talking about exactly what mercy is. And as I was thinking about mercy and what mercy actually is, I thought to myself in thinking back through my memory about the first time I ever used the word mercy. And I had to think back really hard, but I remembered it clearly. It was in Dalton, Georgia, when I was probably in second, first or second grade. It's when I first used the word mercy. I lived in a neighborhood in Dalton, and there were a bunch of boys that all ran around together, and we played as all boys do We got bored, as all boys do, and we happened upon four or five pairs of boxing gloves one day. And so we decided, instead of playing war or whatever we were playing, to have a boxing tournament. And so we boxed each other, and for the most part, the little boys, we just wore one another out. We didn't inflict injury or pain on each other. That was until John Howard's older brother decided to join us. He was in fourth or fifth grade. and I drew the sh- short straw and I had to, to box John Howard's older brother first. And it wasn't pretty. <laughs> the match itself lasted about an, a minute before I was on the ground with uh, John Howard's brother on top of me, pummeling me. My no- I remember my nose bleeding, water in my eyes. It was hurt. So I cried out, uncle. That didn't work. I cried out, mercy. Mercy, have mercy on me. John Howard's brother stopped. So that was my introduction to mercy. Now, I didn't learn the word mercy from Father Don Kramer, um, cherished memory of my youth. 
I didn't learn it from the service saying, Lord, have mercy in the service. I didn't really know what that meant. What I'd learned from that, where I learned the word mercy was one, I'd learned it from Terry Bradshaw and the Pittsburgh Steelers having mercy on other teams in their heyday. I'd learned it from old war movies and gladiator movies where the generals would have mercy on the other, on the enemy. So that was really my first formative memory of mercy. Now, I did go to church every Sunday, and we used the word mercy every Sunday, but I never really thought about what it meant. When I thought about what it meant, it was those contexts where I learned the word. But are those really mercy? Is it really merciful when John Howard's older brother begins or stops pummeling you? Is it really mercy when the Pittsburgh Steelers lighten up on their opponents? Is it really mercy when one team... War, when two teams or two sides engage in battle and one slacks up some. Is that what mercy is? Not necessarily in the Christian context, so I figured I would carry my sermon a little farther past my memory of John Howard's older brother. Mercy, as the church defines it, is a virtue. And a virtue is a habit. It's something we do, it's something that becomes a part of what we are. So mercy is a virtue, a habit that influences one's will. It affects our willpower, the way we are. It becomes ingrained in us to have compassion. It's a virtue of the will where we have compassion. Compassion, in its one sense, means to share bread. It means to have a love for, to have a passion for, attention for someone else. A virtue influencing one's will to have compassion for, and if possible, to alleviate the misfortune of another. So, mercy is an act of the will, a choice we make, where if possible we alleviate another's misfortune. Virtue is also seen as sensing misery in another person and doing something about it to sense misery and misfortune in the life of another and do something about it, particularly when it is involuntary, when that person did not put themselves in that situation to begin with. That is mercy. Now, the things I will cover over the next weeks are what the church considers major and necessary merciful acts. Or, if you grew up like me, the acts of mercy, corporal and spiritual. There are the corporal works of mercy, to feed the hungry, to give drink to the thirsty, to shelter the homeless, to clothe the naked, to visit the prisoner, to visit the sick, to bury the dead. Then there, those are corporal because they're physical acts where we alleviate the suffering of another through material and physical means. Then there are spiritual works. Instruct the ignorant, give counsel to the doubtful, admonish the sinner, bear wrongs patiently, forgive others' offenses willingly, comfort the afflicted, pray for the living and the dead. That's spiritual works of mercy, things we do through our intellect. We'll be covering those, so I won't delve into those today, but those are the major and necessary works of mercy. There are a thousand others, a million others. 
when we approach the virtue of mercy, we must come from this, from a place where we ourselves understand it. So we show mercy because we are shown mercy. That's the whole premise of these necessary major acts. God shows us mercy, we show others. Now in our liturgy today, you might have noticed that we've prayed for mercy, um, I think that would be almost 18 times so far, right? Through the Decalogue, Lord have mercy upon us, and then all the Lord have mercies. You might have be wondering why in the world are we praying for mercy almost 20 times? That's because the church has a good sense of why it is, or our need for mercy rather. The church has a good sense of our need for mercy. So before we start thinking about being merciful to others, we must remember how God is merciful to us and be aware of our own need of God's mercy. God saves us through our baptism and through faith. God saves us through his grace in our prayers and our times of need and our own times of misery and misfortune and our times of misery and misfortune, which is our spiritual state on the earth. God gives us grace and salvation in the Holy Communion every Sunday. We are shown mercy day after day, minute after minute, hour after hour, week after week, year after year. As we lie and live in our own misfortune and misery, it is God who constantly reaches out to us. We deserve none of it, right? The scriptures say, but God continually reaches out to us in life of prayer, in life of sacraments, reaches out to us and shows us mercy and love. Even though we ignore God and we let God down, even though the practice of our religion might not be the highest priority, God never gives up on us, continually offering us love and forgiveness, continually offering us mercy. And so we, when we come here, we put ourselves in that state where we ask for God's mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. We recognize very clearly in the liturgy that we are not God. Rather, we are in need of God's mercy. So Lent especially calls us to be merciful to others as God is merciful to us. We must do the same. Just as we come here Sunday after Sunday and beg for mercy and realize that we are not God and that God shows mercy on us, we must realize that we are Christian and be merciful to others. So during Lent, I think it's very important for us all to think about ways to have compassion on others in our own context. We don't have a huge prison here or something like that. How, what are the ways in our everyday lives we as individuals can have compassion for others, can be merciful to others, where we live, where we work? How can we alleviate misery and misfortune in the lives of others? through our efforts, through our resources, through who we are as a people. That is what we must think about this Lent. That is what I'm challenging us to do this Lent. For to be merciful is central to the Christian life. To be merciful is central to our salvation. It is the way to holiness. It is more than just a habit. It is more than just an act. When we are merciful, we participate in the life of God. When we are merciful, God participates in our life. When we are merciful, 
our life and God's life is intertwined, interjoined. We do the work of God. We live the life of God. It is extremely important that we live lives of mercy. I desire mercy and not sacrifice is what Jesus says. I came not to call the righteous but sinners. Mercy. Alleviating the misfortune and misery of another. It's very important that we think about these things. So I commend this to you and I bid you to spend Lent learning what it means to be merciful. Look at your life and what God has done for you. Pay attention to the liturgy when we come here and we ask for mercy, when we recognize that we are not God, but we are dependent upon God. And we ask God for mercy to alleviate our own misery, our own suffering, our own misfortune. We will know what mercy is because we have received it. And if you come to this place, you will know what mercy is because you will have received it. Mercy is more than John Howard quitting a beating. Mercy is being holy. Mercy is participating in the life of God. So my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, this day and this Lent, let us commit ourselves to lives lived in mercy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Standing, let us affirm our faith in God and in His Holy Church. We believe in one God, the Father and the Almighty, and ever heaven and earth, of all that He has seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, life from life. True God for true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through Him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, He became incarnate in the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake, He was crucified with conscious power. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father. Kneeling, let us pray. 
Let us pray for the Church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, we commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled, and we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, let us pray for our own needs and those of others. Amen. For your handmaids with child, especially Heather Brown, Catherine Davis, Jessica Dees, Maggie Farrell, Karen Fitzgerald, Elizabeth Hancock, Amanda Kennedy, Jennifer Malone, Lynn Welliver, and Casey Gibbs Whitson, and for the birth of Daniel Williamson, Williamson Rotter. For those celebrating birthdays this week, especially Allison Albritton, Beth Boykin, Erin Chard, Betty Klein, Jane Hayes, and Daniel Vial. Also for those celebrating anniversaries this week, especially Bill and Betty Green, and David and Tania Sullivan. For those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Connie Baxter, Lisa Bushelon, Forrest Boyd, Beth Boykin, Mac Bullock, Cesar Centeno, Luca Seraldo, Ed Doherty, Sylvia Ellis, Bonnie Garner, Margie Hout Houtenstein, Bill Hersham, Leroy Jensen, Sharon La Rochelle, Lynn Jenkins Lindsay, Mary Lou Lott, Della McAllister, Josie McDaniel, Jean Miller, Austin Morgan, Sherry Parrish, 
Jenny Lou Kwong, Catherine Rich, Ashley Rogers, Ruel Shouse, Casey Smith, Don Smith, Robert Smith, Wendy Sneed, Carolyn Ruth Stansel, Henry Temple, Joan Todd, Mary Wade, Kitty Wagasback, Shirley Waldrop, and Maria Webb, and for all who suffer from chronic illnesses and for those we now name. For the protection of the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad, especially John Asbell, Louisa Balthazard, Chase Bradshaw, John Brewer, Michael Buthler, Michael Cahill, Mark Carter, Melissa Kleckler, Stan Harris, Jay Holloway, Scott Howell, Eric Jarmillo, Walton Lucky, Bailey Lutz, Calvin Powell, R.P. Powell, Harold Russell, Michael Thomas, Joe Vinson, James Warner, Mark Waters, and Wyatt Welch. Lord, in your mercy. Lord our God, you are of eyes too pure to behold iniquity. Have mercy on us, we pray, for our sins accuse us, and we are troubled by them and put to shame. We have done wrong to ourselves in ignorance and to our sisters and brothers in willfulness, and by our selfish and faithless ways we have grieved your Holy Spirit. Forgive us, we humbly pray, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Also with you. Good morning, everyone, and a blessed Lent uh, to one and all. I would uh, point your attention to our calendar this week. Uh, we have several things uh, going on this week. Uh, tonight at 5 p.m., we will have our, our first walk of the Stations of the Cross, followed by benediction. That shouldn't take more than an hour. That'll be tonight at 5 o'clock here in the nave. Uh, then tomorrow morning and every weekday morning in Lent, we celebrate or say uh, morning prayer uh, at 8.05 in the chapel. Wednesday, we have two opportunities for worship. The first is at 12.05 with the uh, healing Eucharist in the chapel, and that's followed by the sacrament of unction. Uh, uh, so that takes about 25 minutes, uh, and it's a good uh, lunchtime devotion during the week. Uh, then Wednesday night at 5.15, we will start our uh, life together in Lent. That will uh, be evening prayer, even song with a brief homily followed by a soup dinner, uh, an opportunity for fellowship. So please uh, mark your calendars and make plans to attend all these things. 
And I point your attention, uh, read the Bible with the bishop during Lent. It's not too late to start. He's been very good about sending out uh, email responses. If you don't have um, email, there's a couple pamphlets in the back uh, that sort of explain this to you and give you a schedule for reading. But um, I do commend that to you. And I think that is all that is, that is really pressing today. So um, again, Lenten blessings to you all. The, of, oh, that's right. Sorry. It's not, uh, and tonight, we just want to... So two o'clock, two o'clock, Dr. Jerry Bush, the famous Dr. Jerry Bush will be in recital here. So uh, please uh, consider that uh, and, and make plans to attend. Lenten blessings. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God.
Please stand. All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. The holy sacrifice of this Eucharist is offered to the greater glory of God and thanksgiving for his many, many blessings upon our lives. Giving thanks, especially this day, for the mercy of God, which saves our souls and allows us to participate in the life of the divine. We offer special intentions for Christians throughout the world who are celebrating the season of Lent. We pray that it may be profitable, and we remember especially those who face persecution and live in areas where the proclamation of their faith may cost them their very lives. We also hold before you the children of this world, especially those who are unwanted, unloved, those who live in poverty and famine, and those who live in the midst of war and abuse. May God be merciful to them all, and may we do our part to alleviate the misery and misfortune in this world. May the souls of all the faithfully departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. Joining our voices with angels and our 
Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love, you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. The night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. And we celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also, that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with the ever-blessed Virgin Mary, St. John, our patron, and all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.
Eternal God, Amen. Bow down before the Lord. Grant, Almighty God, that your people may recognize their weakness and put their whole trust in your strength, so that they may rejoice forever in the protection of your loving providence. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be upon you this day and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.